But how did I, that happen? How did your uh, parents... I lost yeah. my father yeah. uh, when I was 14 and uh, family wanted to look after us. So we went to London. Um, it was terrible times. Uh, I didn't speak English. I didn't uh, uh, have any friends. I lost all my friends and so on. It was tough times. Let's put it that way. Too sociable for that. Yeah, it was um, a case. It was boring for me, let's yeah. put it this way. But it's um, a great space though, yeah, to have. It was a great experience and I have to say very useful for my future mm. um, endeavors. Don't be scared in taking risks because if you don't take risks, you, you don't progress. I'm Farah Shamas. Welcome to Hotel Talk. We hope you enjoy listening to this friendly conversation between people connected by real life in hotels. Today I have with us a very special guest called Andres Dracos, who I'm actually on a board with him. The holding company of St. Rafael Resort and Marina is called All Time Tourist Complex and Andres sits on our board. But more importantly than that, he's a friend for so many years. We go back a long way. I actually did my um, work experience when I first um, finished. Um, I did a um, a few weeks working in his head, head office right, yeah. with Ciprotels. And he is the chairman of Ciprotels, which is um, a large group that he's going to tell us more about. And also has um, a aviation company, again, called All Time Aviation. Um, and many, many other hats on that he's going to tell us about now. Andrea, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for the invitation. Lovely to be here. Couldn't do this without you. So... Um, I want to, I want to learn something today. So I know you really well, but I'm going to ask you to start at the beginning and tell us about everything, your childhood, where you grew up, um, well, coming to Cyprus, how you started work and what your first like work was. We have an hour. Yeah. <laughs> okay. we, have, we have as long as you want. <laughs> um, Moved to London in 1972 uh, um, at the age of 14 and a half. So before uh, the invasion? After, yes, it was just before. Uh, so how did I, that happen? How did your parents... I lost yeah. my father yeah. uh, when I was 14 and uh, family wanted to look after us. So we went to London. Um, it was terrible times. Uh, I didn't speak English. I didn't... Uh, uh, have any friends? I lost all my friends, and so on. It was tough times. Let's put it that way. And a difficult um, age as well. Like uh, at that, at fourteen, yeah, your father at that age. Is it? Mm. Uh, it was tough. It was tough, and um, yeah, uh, life was difficult as well. So I had to work and study at the same time. I kept. Uh, well, I did everything from uh, washing plates to cleaning. <laughs> Uh, warehouses, mm. I remember, for my summer jobs. And you were at school as well? Yes. Mm. Uh, selling fruit. Wow. That was exciting. <laughs> and um, then, um, uh, luckily, I got uh, involved with uh, uh, with the restaurant of my uncle, and uh, I, was, uh, I became a waiter, part-time, obviously. I was studying at the same time. And uh, that helped... First of all, uh, on the money side, obviously financially, the money, money side was uh, uh, good because of the tips. Uh, so I learned to smile and <laughs> and be nice to Act people, the acts. Yeah. and uh, that helped a lot. Um, wow! Uh, I finished my degree in accountancy, started work uh, as a chartered accountant for two years, and I realized that uh, that was not for me. It was, You're too sociable uh, for that. Yeah, um, it was um, a case. It was boring for me, let's yeah. put it this way. But it's um, a great space uh, to have. Uh, it was a great uh, experience and I have to say very useful for my future mm. um, endeavors, if I can put it that way. Uh, it really helped me understand yeah. uh, the business side, of the financial mm. side of the business. Yeah, so, which is the core. Yeah, yeah and it's... Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, as an auditor, I had to go around uh, the whole of the UK. That was the good thing. 
doing audits even in Scotland, so in uh, northeast of Scotland. Amazing. How, uh, it was incredible to experience uh, those areas. Um, and um, yeah, it gave me a taste of England, if I can put it that yeah, way. Yeah, which is stunning. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So many beautiful. people don't they don't even realize how pretty England is. They just think London, uh, and then, but the countryside oh, the beauty, the beauty, and yeah, uh, uh, I mean, Scotland the lakes as well. And the Scotland and the locks and amazing place, mm. amazing whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we were saying before. We need to have a whiskey now yeah. so we relax more. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I remember uh, one of our um, clients was uh, Lord Seafield in, uh, uh, of Seafield, northeast of uh, Scotland. And um, uh, we had to stay there for about two weeks. It was winter, uh, snowed uh, down. We were staying in this beautiful pub. Uh, we were having our breakfast, lunch, dinners there, and then obviously doing work uh, at, the, at the farm. It was a castle, it was a farm. And uh, I remember the the innkeeper, he used to say to us, okay, how long you have? I said, two weeks. He said, okay, let's start from this side <laughs> and t start tasting all the whiskeys uh, over the next two weeks. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it was um, amazing to taste all those yeah. uh, beautiful whiskeys. In the heartland. It has stayed in my mind for so many years now. Uh, yeah, uh, that um, uh, period uh, kind of finished. I wanted to move on to, uh, uh, let's say, into business for my own. Um, at that time, one of my clients, I was doing some VAT and uh, and uh, reports, financial reports for one of my clients was my uncle, who had a small hotel and uh, restaurant in North London, in a, it was called Kipriana Hotel. Okay. A 33-bedroom hotel with a restaurant and takeaway. So I said to him, I was looking at his books. I realized that he wasn't paying too much attention to it and because he was really a manufacturer of clothing, of uh, yeah. ladies' clothes. And uh, I suggested to him, why don't you rent it to me? Uh, we negotiated. He put the price up. However, he said to me, okay, I put the price up, but I give you a chance of paying me on a monthly basis instead of, you know, putting yeah. deposits and so on. So he helped on that side. And uh, that's how I started into the hotel industry. Oh, my goodness. That was one of my, look here, my second <laughs> question. Why hotels? Well, you said it, know that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, um what I, and it was successful. Uh, yes, what I what, what I actually did, I at that time we had a lot of uh, coaches coming from uh, Athens to London. It was very popular at that time. Um, uh, I remember twenty five pounds to go to Athens and another twenty five to come back. So fifty pounds you could go to Athens and back. It was taking three days. And, wow, uh, literally coaches. coaches Not, yeah. yeah, no coaches, yeah. Three day all the way. <laughs> and did they have and, beds uh, on or was it just no, seats? No, no, just seats. Oh. People um, used to go because especially it was the young people. Yeah. We had a lot of Australian and New Zealanders. They used to like backpackers. come over. Yeah, because yeah. they used to come over for their, um, you know, European tour. tour. Uh, yeah. and, and then the coaches uh, gave them that that very good price and mm. uh, so they a lot of them used to stop over in brussels uh or in uh, uh switzerland mm. um and then pick it up again and uh, go to the to, until they go to athens and um in order to uh bring business into the hotel i thought why don't i go to all these coach operators and tell them convince them to use the hotel as their, uh, let's say, uh, uh, arrival port yeah. for uh, for London. Yeah. And uh, they said, yeah. Um, and at that time, the underground was finished by 11 o'clock. So any late arrivals, they had to stay somewhere. So <laughs> I used to get quite a lot of customers into the hotel because of that. 
and um uh, example slowly, of thinking slowly, outside of the box yeah, yeah uh, slowly that um filled up the hotel and uh, and then they asked me the coach operators asked me can you assist us in um loading the the coaches on the way out on the way back to Athens and uh, can you help us uh, sell some tickets and I said fine so what I did I, I got a f- uh, a friend from a, a travel company uh, I recruited him uh, put a desk in the hotel and we started the travel uh, company <laughs> Called oh. Cipriana Travel. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's how wow. I started my travel business. And, and this and, was and this in nineteen eighty-two. Eighty-two, okay. Eighty-two, and um, at that time, the business of travel was at the infancy, uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning, and um, uh, there were very few tour operators. It was Thomson Holidays at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Cook was mm-hmm. just about a, a small company. We had two big Cypriots. Uh, one was the Budget Holidays and the other one, the Gresham Group or Cipriana. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was it. So um, the demand was incredible. And uh, suddenly from absolutely nothing, the business was bringing in about five million, five million turnover uh, over the next uh, two years. Uh, because that, then you weren't just selling the coach. No, we started, uh, started, yeah. we started then, Airlines. Uh, especially the Australians, they used to say, okay, they arrived from Athens, let's say you're from Brussels, and they said, okay, I need to go uh, to various destinations. So they started uh, buying uh, air, air tickets to various And these were the days of the printed tickets, travel oh, agents. Printed yeah. tickets, everything. I mean, yeah. was, uh, and then um, we saw a demand... Uh, for tickets for Greece uh, and all the agents uh, that I used to represent, they started representing us in the Greek islands and and and, and, and Athens and Salonika to uh, find us accommodation. And then we started tour operating business into, uh, I remember the first one was in Athens and Poros Island. Yeah. Um, I will never forget we used to uh, uh, rent a room, uh, 500 drachmas, which was one pound. So one week stay, it was uh, seven pounds per person. <laughs> so, and the tickets at that time was about 90 pounds. So with about 129 pounds, you were going for a week uh uh, holiday in in a Greek island. So amazing, yeah. So uh, yeah, things were booming at the time. Um, and and the name at that point it was Libra, or that no, came no, later. No, no. That, at that time it was Cipriana mm-hmm. Holidays, and then um, in eighty six, uh, my uncle saw the progress, and he started saying, "This is an interesting business. Can we do maybe something?" Uh, Bigger, and I said, uh, I, I only know direct selling. It was not uh, with mm. through agents. Um, and uh, there was an opportunity at that time to uh, buy Olympic holidays uh, in 86. So my uncle negotiated with um, the CAA and the insurance company to buy uh, a the company Olympic Holidays, um, together with me, amalgamated or grouped everything together with my business as well, and um, so it was Libra. The example of yeah vertical integration <laughs> yes. at the time, which was such a massive yes. thing, yeah. and yeah. it was. Um, I have to say that it was too big of a group for me to uh, mm-hmm. to look after. I was quite young inexperience in the uh let's say the selling through the travel agencies mm-hmm. uh, i only knew about the direct market and um after a year or two i was struggling and uh, i said to my uncle this cannot carry on we need uh, management and at that time uh 
George and Agis, George Mihailias and Agis Christofaru and Bilinos uh, were leaving the Grecian holidays group. So I remember I found uh, Agis in, in, uh, in the airport and I said to him, why don't you come and join us? And uh, That was it. They came in. You you were traveling somewhere. He was traveling uh, somewhere, yeah, we were and then going back uh, to London from Cyprus at that time. It's amazing how, how many people you meet at airports oh and what. Huh? Oh my god! And so many we, interesting we need, people yeah, as well. Podcast just for yeah, that. Yeah. I I even met my neighbor in London when <laughs> at the airport of uh, of uh, Larnaca. And, uh, you hadn't been in so many I years. I never knew him. I never oh. knew him. No, no. <laughs> he, he was actually a guy from uh, uh, Palestine, and uh, yeah. and uh, he said to me, "I know you from somewhere." Yeah, I said, "I know you from." We carried on talking and talking, and then I said to him, "Where do you live?" He said, "In this road," and I said to him, "In that road." What number? He says, 16. I said, my God, I'm 18. <laughs> so so we met. So we're now friends forever. <laughs> you know, that that happened to me here at the hotel with mm. my neighbor here in Limassol, who I'd never met. Um, I think I'd been living in the house, okay, maybe less than a year. And this person came, they come and go. And then she was saying, um, her and her husband, oh, yeah, we live uh, close. Where's close? Da, 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 da. And then she said the name of the street. And I said, I only know one street. That I live there. But impossible. I mean, the way she was. And then, yeah, we, we basically live opposite. And we met at the hotel, <laughs> yeah, but know. not in the neighborhood. <laughs> We're not in the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Busy life. I mean. Uh, so then, and on. then, um, well, so you got management uh, in. Uh, then uh, we negotiated with owners abroad uh, at that time. And they bought, uh, bought the company out. Uh, I left at that time, and uh, and you and, sold uh, because it just got too big, or you uh, weren't enjoying it, or uh, the reality was uh, it became too big. Management uh, that brought came in had different ideas of running because they yeah. were running a a group um, with management structures yeah. and, uh, and so on, and that was not the way. Uh, I developed the direct business. It was mm -hmm. uh, more of a, you know, family. Yeah, family of, uh, friendly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, it wasn't enjoyable. Let's mm -hmm. put it this way. And I realized that uh, they yeah. would do a much better job anyway. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the circle had, had yeah, come to an end. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I uh, I concentrated on uh, on the uh, business out of uh, the hotel at that time, the small hotel. And um, at that time, there was the development of the uh, council-led um, flats. Um, by accident, uh, one day, this uh, couple came with kids uh, staying in the hotel. And then they said to me after a week, uh, uh, do you mind if our uh, bills are paid by... The councillor said, as long as they pay. Exactly. <laughs> I don't mind. And uh, the council came and in, uh, looked at the hotel and they liked what they saw. And uh, they said to me, would you rent uh, the hotel? I said, no, I, I can only rent maybe a few rooms. It was 33 rooms. I said maximum 11 rooms on one floor. Uh, but I have to vet the people as well. Uh, I don't want... Uh, you know, rough and so on. And uh, then I began that relationship. And uh, and this is back in 86, 87 that it started. Like an and early I, form of a commitment contract. Yes, huh? <laughs> it was. Yeah, you're right. It's a perfect. Well, you, a third of was, the hotel on yeah, commitment, commitment and you're done. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and uh, then um, I said to them, when I finish... Uh, Uh, doing my, let's say, travel uh, group, I said to the council, would you accept instead of a hotel room, if I find apartments around the hotel, would you take them on? And they said, uh, what about breakfast? I said, um, I buy them breakfast either at the hotel or I buy them you know, the eggs and... and, and But why did the council need um, um, overnight? Uh, they, they are obliged, mm -hmm. not overnight. They normally house people. 
Yeah. Until they find them and proper house. Ah, so it's a temporary housing temporary that they housing. were using. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then um, uh, I expanded the management of uh, of the like apartments. apartments. Um, and uh, I started also buying apartments because I had the the demand, mm -hmm. I had the money coming in. So it was easy at the time to buy property. And uh, that's how I started looking at after the property property management yeah. yeah wow yeah. so that's another thing that yeah you, did, you didn't know I, I, i'm learning <laughs> i'm learning lots today yes so from there oh uh, yes 90 how and to when did you come yeah uh i moved to cyprus yeah um, uh in 92 yeah um one of my endeavors as a whilst I was still at the hotel and, and that business uh, a friend of mine uh, who became a friend uh, coming to the hotel and the restaurant he had a small uh, uh, manufacturing unit of walking aids crutches okay and uh, and zimmer me, frames and things yes, like that uh, okay and uh, he says to me I don't have any Uh, any representation in Greece and Cyprus? I said, uh, have a friend. Let's go to Athens. Let's talk to him. Maybe he can take it over for you. So I did. I introduced him to my Gumbaros. He mm -hmm. uh, he was a childhood friend, and then uh, we uh, decided to represent him. He, uh, Marius, my friend, said, um, "I love the business." Uh, the area, uh, but I don't have enough money. And I said, uh, how much do you think is going to be a requirement? So he says to me about 5,000 pounds at that time. And I said, okay, I become an investor. You look after it in Greece. So, so we started the medical, medical. business representation. Uh, From those crutches, we started representing huge companies, back to these and Fresenius and so on. Uh, and uh, slowly it was becoming uh, a reasonably successful business too. And uh, in 1890, I said, okay, let's get that representation of all the things that we have in Greece. Let's bring it to Cyprus. And that's when I started Pap Medical Cyprus, and uh, yeah, in '89, so it's now 33 years. Uh, wow! And that business is uh, um, rep representing a lot of uh, international yeah. companies. Is managed by uh, Eva, you know Eva, mm -hmm. and uh, Andros Piberidis, uh, who is in Nicosia. He's the salesman. Eva was doing the administration. Yeah, your sister-in-law. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I was playing the big boy, the big boy. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yeah, the idea, and, uh, it's amazing. You can't I, belittle that. It's... And uh, in 92, my brother, who was still in London, together with my accountant at the time in the office, said to me, come on, we need to revisit the travel group. And uh, I said, okay. I'm and you in. still had the hotel at that point? Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we bought a small hotel in in, in in the center. I gave it back the hotel to my uncle, and I, I bought a small 21-bedroom hotel in in Gloucester Place. Where okay, the, yeah. Uh, noble Hotel now yeah. is. And, um, yeah, we carried on with the, with the council and all the other business. And... Uh, Yeah, in 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 92, they suggested that we do the travel. I said, okay, you have to be very careful. We have to do very slowly. We will uh, start with Corfu, I remember. Uh, we only do 2,000 maximum people for Corfu. Uh, those 2,000 within three years became about 50,000, uh, not just in Corfu, but all, all Greece. It was Greece at the time. And uh, then uh, he, as he was becoming uh, bigger and bigger, I got a bit more involved as well. 
uh, I was living in Cyprus, so uh, traveling at that time was terrible for me. I used to go on Monday and come back on Friday uh, to see the kids. Mm. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, it's the price right. That was the name of the, of the companies. Uh, again, selling directly. Uh, was growing quite fast. In uh, 96, I had the opportunity to discuss with Mr. Lordos, the Malordos Group, and we bought uh, Libra Holidays from the family. Libra Holidays was, again, uh, like Olympic in the old days, mm. uh, selling through the travel groups and so on, the travel agencies. Yeah. And uh, that's how it kind of evolved. Um, and then... Uh, and then you went back into hotels. <laughs> one thing I forgot about is uh, in, uh, in Greece, uh, back in 92, we, uh, we were, um, for the medical business, we were kind of helping out... Uh, this uh, European Society of Regional Anesthesia, we were helping them out to do uh, their uh, congress in Athens. Uh, they were absolutely useless, and they called me last day. Andreas knows about travel, and, and I said, okay, i help you out. And um, I helped them out uh, in September in 1991, actually. And then um, they loved what I, I did and how uh, things progressed. And then in 92, the, uh, the Secretary General of the Society said to me, Andreas, please, I need your help. I said, uh, what? And he says to me, we are doing the World Congress of, uh, European, of uh, Regional Anesthesia, and I I'm lost. <laughs> I'm lost. I'm getting money from all over the place. And uh, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, I cannot match them. I cannot. It's too, too many people. And then I said to him, okay, uh, let me look into it. I, uh, in, it was in Brussels. Uh, it was at the Palais de Congrès of uh, Brussels. It was 2,500 people expected. And, uh, and there was nothing, no, no organization, no hotels arranged, no transport, no nothing. So I said to him, okay, I'm going to invest to do this. I have to bring in people. I cannot employ people and then throw, uh, say mm. to them goodbye. Uh, give me a five-year contract. Uh, uh, and the agreement will be uh, we will do everything except the scientific part. Uh, the scientific part, you take care of, but we do everything else. All the ground handling, the event organizing, basically become a DMC. Oh, yeah, 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 but I ended up doing the um, the printing for uh, their books. And uh, I remember with Phyllis, uh, Phyllis uh, Princess at the time. Now he's, yes. uh, uh, <laughs> he, we were working until three or four o'clock in the day, uh, in the morning to... Uh, get their book ready for mm. uh, for their congress because yeah. everybody was sending all the doctors were sending their uh, theses and so on mm. last minute. That business eventually became Options Euro Congress and it was listed in in Cyprus uh, in ninety seven. Was the first service company that was listed in Cyprus and. Uh, uh, and then um, it was very successful uh, uh, at the time. We were doing about uh, eight different European uh, uh, congresses uh, because they liked the model. Other societies were coming to to us mm -hmm. to do the same. So we had an office in in uh, Brussels, in uh, uh, and in Switzerland, uh, and uh, Greece and Cyprus. And uh, yeah, it was growing quite uh, a lot and um, uh, the listing in the public company here became a public company here and then the group that listed us, Sherling, uh, the investment managers, uh, 
suggested that we do the same for for Libra. Mm. That's in ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, we listed Libra holidays in mm. the Cyprus Stock Exchange. I remember we raised about two million for Libra, um, but then it gave us the opportunity with the paper to utilize it. Uh, uh, to acquire um, mm-hmm. other other business and yeah. uh, and uh, our objective uh, was to be a vertically integrated uh, travel group mm-hmm. and um, uh, and we did uh, um, the first purchase of a small hotel in in Ayanaba in Prodara section mm-hmm. sorry the Chrysler Cove. And uh, and then uh, we bought a small public company called uh, Drusha Heights in uh, in, uh, in Drusha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bafos uh, area. Bafos area, and uh, because it was listed, mm-hmm. so we bought fifty one percent. Libra bought fifty one percent of of that company. And then we started uh, buying other small hotels. Until we made a bid for the Astarte Group at the time, which was uh, the Cip- Cipria Maris, Cipria Bay, the Laura. The Bay mm. we actually yeah, added, built, ourselves. Yeah. We built mm. ourselves. So that's how we got into the hotel side. That's how, and as how well. you grew. And then you became, if I remember correctly, 17 hotels, was it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, in Greece, in yeah. Cyprus, and so on. Uh, so, I, was it a good thing then going public? Um, yes, mm. very much so. Yeah. Um, at least for us, yeah. they helped us grow. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with the Cyprus uh, market, because it's a small market, it was manipulated by many people. Mm. Um, and um, the reality of uh, when you go public, you go public in order to raise capital to develop your business. Uh, when you develop uh, at a higher level, you need different kind of capital to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do that in Cyprus was impossible <laughs> to uh, get, um, especially after... Get more capital a second time, uh, yeah. Yeah, and also uh, because of all the problems that uh, people encountered back then. Uh, you know, losing money on the shares and so on. Uh, nobody mm. wanted to to invest again, so you had to rely on on the banks mm-hmm. <laughs> to do things, and uh, that's one of our mistakes. Overborrowed uh, at that time, so mm. people need to be care- careful. Careful, yeah, with, with, with the growth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our belief at that time was going to be that uh, uh, through the market will be able to um, reduce the debt and so on. but it didn't So volatile tourism. Yes, so, yeah. mm. That's one of the things that uh, we all need to be aware. Mm. The, I mean, our, one of our biggest problems was uh, uh, the deal we did with Thomas Cook for the hotels in, in Bafos. We had... Uh, Commitment from uh, Thomas Cook of about ten million, and then they had problems <laughs> themselves. So they said that we cannot pay you. So we were stuck, absolutely stuck. So that's yeah, the cash problem. flow is such a massive yeah. thing, and we've seen so many companies in in this industry, you know, close overnight. Yeah. And on paper they're fine, but cash flow is the is cash crucial. flow is uh, essential because mm-hmm. uh, you don't pay your mm-hmm. aircraft, you don't fly. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. The the problems of the hotel industry is very the major po- problem, in my opinion, is the capital in it's a capital in, in intensive uh, mm-hmm. business. You need to spend a lot of money. Apart from the acquisition, is the the upkeep. Mm-hmm. Um, and unless you have other capital uh, to take you through either the renovation cycle that you need to do or 
to take you through if you have a problem with cash flow some some of the times. Uh, it's a very mm. dangerous uh, mm. scenario. Amazing. Yeah, so... Mm. And so here we are. And then you're also on all-time aviation, so you do private... We forgot about the aviation site. Yeah, well, they say, well, we are... It is hotel talk, after all. So we're concentrating on the hotels. Yes, but yeah. yeah, it's all part of the, the tourism side. Um, in 2000, when we were listed... As I said before, we wanted to be a vertically integrated group. Mm -hmm. So um, as we grew in the UK to about 250,000 passengers, um, wow. it was becoming more and more difficult to get capacity uh, for, mm. uh, seats. for seats and mm -hmm. the right seats. You could get the right times uh, and Wednesday night, Thursday night, and so on. But uh, those are not the yeah uh, good seats. Yeah, people want uh, you know Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So um, in uh, two thousand, we uh, we bought a small the group bought a small airline uh, uh, in uh, in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, with uh, three aircraft, yeah, I remember we paid about five and a half million uh, uh, sterling at the time, and then um, we, within a year, we converted the name into Excel, mm -hmm. and uh, the management that we brought in was ex British Caledonia, and uh, and quite experienced. Uh, and within five years, that airline uh, was flying 35 aircraft at the time. Huge. Uh, yeah. Um, we, at the beginning, the airline was relying on, on the Libra group to give them the business. Uh, but what we did slowly, the, every year we were reducing our uh, Libra seats in the aircraft mm -hmm. and uh, giving it to other smaller tour operators. So uh, from committing to an aircraft of 189 seats, the following year was 150, the following year 100, and the third year we only... But how did that 50. work for the Libra group? Was that, I mean, good for the overall group or was uh, that... It was, yeah. it was. It was very profitable. Mm. It was making about 13 million a year. Mm -hmm. uh, it was very good. Yeah. Um, because um, slowly that uh, that airline started selling to all the all the rest of the uh, tour operators, mm -hmm. uh, apart from the ones that had the airlines, apart from Thomson and Thomas Cook at the time. Uh, Jet Two was not around. Yeah, um, it's like different eras. Every few yeah, years, it's like a completely different well, uh, stage I, of our industry. Actually, the managing director of Jet2, uh, Steve Hippie, used to work for us. Oh, really? Was, uh, I don't know. Did I know that? Maybe I did actually. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, wow. And um, that business suddenly was becoming huge. <laughs> I mean, it was turning over about 800 million at the time. And there was no way we could manage it ourselves. Mm. Uh, we were mainly owners and uh, uh, and uh, you know controlling through the board, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, it, it was really becoming too big yeah. to, to uh, for us to. It's huge, especially yeah. I, w I was the one going from Cyprus to London every week, like I said before, mm. so, uh, Monday to Friday. Um, so we had an offer from the Icelandics uh, to buy to sell it, and uh, we sold it in two thousand and four. Okay, and then we had the uh, the unfortunate purchase and, and accident. Yeah, I want to go into it. No, we won't go into it now because yeah. I think it's just too upsetting for everyone, and it is. I mean, it it's just something that no one ever would want or ever. Could have imagined, could have happened. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, we didn't even manage to get in. It was, uh, we bought it in December and uh, 
It happened in August. In August, yeah. And uh, I told I, you I, I saw that. a movie, not a movie, it was a series on TV yeah, yeah. that was based on that and just on. how, you know, a combination of human error yeah, was, and uh, yeah. and just, yeah, and just faults in a design can amount to such right. a right. such a horrific accident. Yeah. Um, th- th- it was just, yeah, unthinkable on so many levels. So that's then when you exited I think, the. I think, I think yeah. I told you. <laughs> well, I know this is Made the in depth. Story. We love it. This is uh, what we want. So, so yeah, then, yeah. so you, you still had Libra, and you still had um, Ciprotals. Yes, but what I I realized we uh, with the accident, um, we kind of tried to save the line and carry on, um, and then. But then the tour operator was affected because suddenly uh, seat capacity was not there. Uh, the airline had to be financed until uh, we tried to do it for a year. Um, we lost a lot of money at the time. So basically um, we were borrowing and the banks were very helpful at the time. They wanted mm-hmm. us to borrow because they had bandages of cash and they just yeah to give it good era yeah and um the reality we over borrowed um and um, then we kind of realized that uh, the airline could not carry on so we stopped it so in Uh, hindsight would you have stopped it sooner the airline yeah immediately Uh, uh, yeah do it immediately Mm -hmm. Sometimes in business, you really need to know when to cut it. Yeah. Uh, cut the... The strings. The strings, yes. Um, and we didn't. And um, then I realized that uh, the tour operating was not going to go anywhere. We were trying to sell it. Uh, we eventually found uh, somebody who basically uh, divested. We divested, meaning that... Uh, he put money. He got the ninety percent. I remember of the tour operating. Ninety. Uh, ninety. Okay. Wow. We, he just wanted us to be with a ten percent continuation, mm-hmm. and uh, we we sold it in two thousand and seven. I think uh, they carried on about two three years, and then they stopped it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they. Uh, I don't know what they, how they did it, but uh, it was Steve Hippie. <laughs> yeah, he was there. Steve, he keeps coming up. Steve, yeah. if you're listening, we've got to get you on this podcast next. Yes, yeah. We're next in Cyprus. Yeah. It's amazing how, I mean, you know, in you being so honest and open about your uh, professional life, how all these different businesses have their cycles. And that's to do with, you know, demand at the time, with technology, yeah. um, with what's needed. Um you know, I know like in, in Lebanon, like really, a really silly example now, but how clubs and bars and restaurants always worked really well. Um, and while they were at their peak, owners would often close them for a couple of weeks, reopen with a different name and spread a rumor that the management or owners had changed, which they hadn't. The but they were still the same because they said, right, why should it go down before clever. it goes down? And they were still the owners, but they'd say, oh, let's say it's someone new. And That's just to keep clever. on. But it takes a lot of courage to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, and also yeah. it's your baby. It's like saying, <laughs> oh, well, I loved you, but, you know, I'm done with Mexican food now. Now we're going for Indonesian. Or, yeah, and, yeah. you know. So true what you say. And, yeah. And just to, just yeah. to have, I think, that guts to really say, right, uh, this worked, but it's time to move on. Um, and I think that's what Steve Jobs always did and why it worked so well. Um, but then that leads us on to another thing of how do you balance, you know, your happiness, your sense of purpose and your family and everything else with your work, um, which is, yeah. Uh, you kind of uh, get lost uh, into work, unfortunately, mm. um, especially when you do a lot of things. And uh, and then uh, definitely relationships uh, suffer. Thank God I had a very understanding woman. Yeah, your amazing wife uh, who you've yeah. been with for, I don't know how many years. 37 years. 37 years. I was going to yeah. say four decades. I was yeah. close. Yeah, close. Yeah. 
working with me now and uh, and then uh, the la- the youngest is still in the UK he's working as a the IT and marketing business mm-hmm. actually and uh, yeah he doesn't want to come back at the moment at the, at moment. the moment so how did you balance it because i mean anyway, your children anyway. are lovely kids okay you've got an amazing wife which helps <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's an understatement but how how did you manage it because you are a close family um, I think you've got a really good relationship with your Absolutely. with your children and, and definitely with your wife. So how did you manage to find um, that balance? As I said to you, I used to go Monday and come back Friday mm-hmm. just to be with the kids at least for the weekend. Yeah, so quality uh, I know, time. Yeah, I, I know they were still suffering in the sense that uh, um, I wasn't there on a daily basis, mm-hmm. but at least uh, they were in touch with me mm. and... and, and, and Hopefully the outings on the weekends and and also I always kind of insisted at least the two three weeks to go around uh, uh, on holidays around the world uh, yeah and that uh, also ties you in and gives you gives memories. memories memories building memories mm-hmm. that's what it's all about yeah um, and I have to say during the Congress business because. Uh, that business were uh, always uh, requiring you to travel around, especially the European uh, uh, cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during the congresses, I used to always make sure that uh, Dora and possibly the kids will go with me, mm. uh, even though for a week. So yeah. it was kind of a a nice uh, get together if i can put i think it also helps for the kids not to feel resentful for your work i i don't know that's what i'm hoping will happen yeah. with my kids if they feel a little bit involved in it if they can understand what the parent is doing and feel feel pride pride for both their parents and both yeah. and also for the work then they feel less resentment and that's so true. um very yeah. true actually what you say yeah uh, and um i think the kids did Mm. Um, feel that, uh, that I think they're day, definitely proud of you yeah. and there's a lot of well, love there I sometimes, see your family sometimes. <laughs> oh, don't worry Andrea we're all going to mess up that's the only thing we're sure of we're all, we'll make mistakes but hopefully to be yeah just well, to be good well I always say this proverb uh, or this uh, saying show me somebody who doesn't make mistakes and I show you an idiot it's true uh, yeah or someone who doesn't if you don't try. make mistakes uh, you don't learn you don't that means you're not doing, uh, you don't take actions, you don't do this, you don't do that. So scared of not making mm-hmm. a mistake. And you're not living. You're not living. Yeah. Uh, That's so. something we said on one of the other podcasts, I think with Elizabeth um, Villiga Tufexi. Um, we said, you'll never regret what what you did in life, but you will regret what you didn't. Correct. <laughs> and, and that's the yes. point to live. Yeah. 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 And just do your best. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you a little bit about hotels now and just say, so you, I mean, you had so many hotels under you at one stage and you were on the board and you obviously were the leader and setting the direction and the, the culture and the kind of mindset, but my goodness, did you have a lot of managers to deal with and then a lot of management under that. So obviously, and we don't have to get into that, but you must've had your favorites, the one you like more, the ones you understood more. And having seen so many different types of managers, what makes a good hotel manager? Um, I think everybody uh, works very hard to try and and uh, perform as well as possible. Uh, I think character is what is. Well, you think everybody important. does? Everybody can. Well, the, I, I wouldn't they, say they, that everyone they, I've they, seen. They. they <laughs> They are trying mm. uh, in their own mind that they are doing their best of of what they should be doing. Okay. Um, however, um, we are in a hosp- in the hospitality industry. It says hospitality, and it means that you need to be friendly, hospitable. hospitable, and so on and so on. So the key is looking after the client, the customer. Um, at the end of the day, if you don't look after them and you just look at 
uh, I have to reduce my cost here, I have to get you here. And all those are important, but more important is being in touch with your customers. And their uh, needs. And, uh, and then look, not only look after them, but uh, create uh, that environment that will make them feel that they are uh, absolutely wanted by you and, uh, and, and the staff. And also provide to them the entertainment, the facilities that they they will wish to have on every holiday that they mm -hmm. do. So it's very important, in my opinion, to um, to for the manager to be out and about uh, and be with the guest. Um, the the other work. That is very essential as well, looking after cost and looking about the organization. So mm -hmm. And the operational you, side. You, know, you can do that, but you, you can do that, let's say, in the morning and then be out. Be out and be, and also create and develop products for, for the customer uh, that will make them really enjoy the, the two weeks that they're Mm -hmm. Yeah, with you, the week or two weeks. Yeah, yeah. and the experience, yeah. yeah. Make sure that experience um, is the best. And, uh, and uh, also, as a hotelier, you try to, that's why as part of the, uh, of being a hot, in the hotel, you need good catering, you need uh, entertainment, you need uh, uh, facilities everywhere if you can. But, you know, it's very difficult in any hotel not to have, uh, a grumpy guest, uh, somebody who, in life, who, isn't it? It's not just in a hotel. It is everywhere. In a family, it's difficult. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, it's part of life. Part of life. Uh, if you start arguing with him, and instead of saying yes, sir, how can I help? Sorry, we messed it up. Mm. Let's let's try and correct you. What do you want? Um, upgrade you mm. let's do this to do that a lot of the managers will get upset because it's very upsetting uh, and insulting sometimes as well but if you kind of be, uh, create some humility within yourself and you say sorry and uh, let me correct it let me do this let me do that for you that grumpy person may may uh, eventually, uh, apologize and uh, and uh, and and have a happier mm -hmm. uh, few days. Most of the times they don't. <laughs> However, you stop him having the issues spread in have, the hotel, having more reason, uh, uh, yeah, and, and spreading it around the hotel. Yes, true. Because if they're unhappy, they go and they find someone at the bar. Yeah, they sit yeah. next to someone at the pool. And I have sometimes a with this one, I have yeah. a with that one, and and sometimes uh, you have to remind yourself that it's not personal. Like some people have a lot going on in their own lives. They're, I don't know, they're just, you know, unhappy for whatever yeah, reason, yeah. and it's not to do with you or your service or the hotel or anything else. And you've just got to do that your best yeah, to. Probably they had a fight last night with the wife and yeah. <laughs> or the girlfriend or, or the other way the yeah. husband and exactly. uh, so they they uh, they are upset they and you just if you kind of uh, uh, say but why and uh, argue with them then he flares up yeah without any reason yeah just absolutely say, sorry and so humility yeah humility, humility is key so. Um, I'm looking through my notes now. My last okay. question for you is, um, who influenced you the most in your life? Wow. It could be someone you, you know well. It could be someone uh, famous, you know. To be honest, um, initially it was my uncle uh, who had a fighting spirit. Mm. Uh, um, uh, he always used to say, don't be scared in taking risks because if you don't take risks, you, you don't progress. And, uh, and the other thing is that if you kind of fall into a pit and it's full of S dot, 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 yeah. uh, you, will find, you will have to fight to come out of it. If you don't, you're going to be 
crowned in it. So uh, go become there, a fighter. Take, become a fighter. Um, take your risk. Calculated as much as possible, but it's still a risk. Uh, and uh, and then, uh, uh, yeah, that was quite uh, for a long time my motto as well. Uh, the other people that influenced me definitely uh, Branson uh, was uh, because of the aviation link and so yeah. on. Uh, he. It very much influenced me. and uh, Although I do like, I, uh, I always remember his quote with that Richard Branson um, when he was asked on an interview, um, how did how did you become a millionaire? And he said, oh, it's very easy. You have to become a billionaire and then you just buy an airline. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said, yeah. <laughs> so I but always I, think of that. Yeah. The, I will never yeah. forget we were in a Greek restaurant in London and uh, with, um, with the Libra Group uh, during the uh, world travel market. Mm. Uh, and then uh, next to us, it was Richard, together with about 10 girls. And um, then uh, they got up to leave, and he they, he started kissing all of them. And I said, oh, my God, Richard, you're kissing all the girls. I kiss you too, is it? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had a kiss on the, on the cheek <laughs> from him. Oh. Uh, so it was uh, nice. And uh, nice he did say hello, and he was a very pleasant right, guy, yeah. very pleasant guy. Um, you mentioned Steve Jobs as well. I mean, uh, that guy, his story is incredible. It's amazing. Uh, uh, again, he's... Uh, Maybe you relate as well with um Well, actually, so yeah, he, he didn't know his parents, I think. Yeah, he his real, know. no. He found out about his... Uh, yeah, that he was adopted. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I, th I think he never wanted to meet them either. His... He didn't want to, but he knew who... Yeah, who they who were. The yeah. Iranian guy. Yeah. Yeah, it was an Iranian and I think an American mother. But he just said it wasn't important in his life. He had his parents. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, his approach to the business uh, uh, was very good. But uh, and also how he coped with failure every time uh, and yes, disappointment, yes. and then just raise up. Mm. But that's what my uncle said. Yeah, if you're in that pit, you have mm. to fight to come out. Yeah, and I'm sure. Um, okay, we'll go into psychology a bit now, but having being a, a young a young boy that lost their father usually that does make people fight harder and and want to become a breadwinner well yeah I'll tell you my um remember the first biz job I did was in a wimpy bar in Turpac Lane uh, I went there uh, I was wimpy only, like the hamburgers yeah, yeah. yeah. I was uh, just around 15 at the time um and uh, I said to to him, he was a Turkish Cypriot, and he says to me, "Okay, you come, uh, and I will pay you sixty p an hour." I said, "Okay." So it was uh, during the summer of seventy three, actually, and uh, and I went there, worked for a week, um, and then he he paid me, and he paid me fifty p. I said, "Why?" He says to me, "It was your first week." Next week, I pay you again uh, 60. sixty. I remember going into the. I was washing plates basically because mm -hmm. I, I couldn't serve. Our, my English yeah. was very limited, and uh, any. I remember crying <laughs> whilst washing, and I promised myself at that time never to allow myself or my family to to go through this again. But then um, the following week, this uh, Turkish Cypriot guy um, again paid me 50p. And, uh, and I said, my God, I mean, I was 15 years old to take, uh, I don't know, a few pounds away. Mm. Uh, the end of a week. It meant a lot yeah. for me, but not, nothing for him. And uh, yeah, it was uh, very upsetting and... Uh, and he didn't. Uh, he didn't pay you more. No, and did no, you leave, or did I you stay in that job? I, yeah, I found the job uh, cleaning uh, the warehouse floor. <laughs> so yeah, so, could uh, be you though at fifteen, uh, not to... uh, the problem at that time. They wouldn't employ you unless mm. you were sixteen plus. Yeah, and he was so, taking advantage uh, he was of taking that. Advantage. Yeah. 
But it's awful how some people do that, but also how that taught you such a lifelong lesson yes. of never to let anybody yeah, well, take I, advantage. I, I never learned them. I'm, I'm still... Uh... I'm still a nice guy. <laughs> oh, well, we I, like you just the way you are, yeah, Andrea. I think yeah. you're fabulous. And, and honestly, I'm just so humbled and so grateful that you've shared your full story with... With me fully, because I didn't with know you. all of this, with but you. with everybody with else listening, yeah. because I, I think it's not easy to, you know, no, to bear it all things. and yeah, to yeah, share yeah. it all. And I think there's so much we can take from that. Um, also, just from you being so young and having to learn commerce in this way, whether it was washing plates, cleaning floors, and then getting into the accounts. I mean, your base for business yeah. really really for me I can understand completely how somebody who came from such a humble background catapulted really themselves into such heights of you know the working world and you've done so much for Cyprus and for so many people and communities employing them being there for them and as far as I know I've always had everybody uh, has always said they've enjoyed working with you and you're a great boss so that's nice to hear thank you Final question, which yes. is not from me, the crystal bowl. You remember the crystal maze in England? That? Yes. Anyway, so this is our crystal bowl. So pick any piece of paper from here. I'll read it out to you. So this is our team have put together quite a lot of questions. Well. Sometimes they've written <laughs> who, so who is Stone? Someone said Stone. I don't know who that is. A code name. You know who you are. Um, so, uh, they've said, what's your favorite restaurant of our hotel? Sometimes they're deeper questions than this and other times simple. I think I know the answer to this, but you I tell us. You, I give you one guess. <laughs> actually, I'm a regular. You're, actually, sailors. you're a regular of two, but I was going to say sailors. sailors. Yes. Yeah. Sailors. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's uh, amazing. amazing uh, you love place. sailors. Um, I, I, I still want uh, to convince you that to to do the champagne uh, bar at the top. Bar at the top. We, I think <laughs> at some point we're going to have to do it, to do a nice, yeah, um, on the, the second floor, to do a nice bar. It's the most beautiful. Yeah, uh, I don't know about champagne uh, okay. though. We don't want to drink champagne, we want whiskey. Well, uh, no, no. Let's do a whiskey oh, bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A whiskey bar or Who cocktails. cares about yeah, champagne? That's a very good idea. Let's do a whiskey bar. Whiskey bar or cocktails. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but the the the, the view from there is incredible. incredible. I mean, every guest and friend I take there, they mm. love the place. I mean, it's the only location that you're looking from the uh, sea. From the sea uh, to, to into Limassol, you feel like you're yeah. on a lake. Yeah. Well, I think um, obviously I'm biased, but I think for me, part of the sailors' appeal is just the ease of it. I mean, you, it's a nice drive to get there from wherever you're, whether you're coming from Nicosia or Limassol Town, you know, it's just an, a pleasant drive. You never have a problem parking. Correct. You know, the service is good. You know what, what you're going to get. The quality of food is good. But that, that, um, that's, that's and there's I, something for everyone to that, eat. That's from I, me, from a vegan to a meat eater uh, to everything. a fish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, uh, don't change that uh, yeah. environment. I'm just saying on top. Yeah, we need to. <laughs> just, the, just the top. Don't change the yeah. uh, rest. Oh. Uh, you're right, because the, the ease, uh, the casual, uh, mm. but nice, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, that's yeah the, you're having that's a treat, but you don't. That's yeah. It's not that's snobby. Yeah. It's not, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, and also, obviously, the... And now the Golden Sarah, Monkey. The, Golden the, Monkey is a close second, well. yeah, <laughs> for you. I know some people, yeah, they definitely say it's their first. The Thai food, yeah, Golden Monkey is great. Yes, it's nice. amazing. Yeah. Good, good idea. Yeah, um, thank you. It was your shadow. <laughs> yes, you were there at the board meeting yes, when everyone yes. was fighting against the idea of a Thai. Oh. You remember, let's do Italian. And I was like, no! No! <laughs> <laughs> And then, no, you introduce something new in, in yeah. Limassol, and it's very. And people were saying Indian, and the other idea was um, Polynesian, and I was Polynesian. like, ah, "Grace, no, <laughs> we want Thai." Yeah, it was, it's been good. nice. It's been a journey, also, to do that and introduce that. But it's yeah, as you said, it's all about taking risks and yeah, enjoying the ride. Don't take risk, you don't progress. Yeah. So, and you've done very well here. So. Thank you, thank so you, my I dear. I you as a young girl. I know, fresh out of studies. <laughs> yeah, what a change. 
and you're combining uh, everything with motherhood as well. It's yeah. incredible. Bravo. It's fun. Bravo. You, you know, you know the drill: three kids yeah, and yeah, a lot yeah, of work. Yeah. It's but yeah, fun. It's nice to see them when you bring them around as well in the business. So, yeah, uh, as you said, uh, I know. So it's uh, maybe that's the best way for them to to understand be, and not to, feel uh, resentful not to I think be so. resentful yeah because they yeah. and it's funny now because they come into the hotel and they'll notice things that i don't and they'll say mommy <laughs> there's a bit of dirt there or yeah. um you know this wall needs to be painted quickly and yeah and i'm like oh yeah. thanks for telling me and you have yeah. to then take them and yeah. say look i did it yeah uh, that yeah. would be very important for yeah you. absolutely so thank you so much, Andrea Moore. Every thank success you. in thank everything you. you do. And I can't wait to see what, what will come because you you are very far from being done and there's uh, so much more. I, I want to relax a bit now and uh, let the kids take over. Let's see. With, with your influence. Hopefully I made a good job with the kids. I'm sure, well, I can tell you for sure you have. Anyway, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to say all this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.